Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, who's deathly ill with scurvy or something like that. Vance, is that about right, scurvy? Uh, probably the flu. Okay. And I'm sitting right here. I should have a mask on. You, you, you should, should have your... You have a mask. Yeah, you sh- should keep your distance. Well, it's you, yeah, it's my paint mask. Well, it's three feet. It's the spit zone. So you have to stay out of the spit zone. It's three feet. Anybody that is nervous about the flu, stay three feet away from the spit zone, which is the mouth. Okay. I wasn't sure where the spit zone was located. That's free knowledge. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't think it's the flu. I think it's just a little virus, but... I wanted to say scurvy. Right. Hey, just a side note. You guys probably didn't know this, but back in high school, they called me the Golden Pipes because of my voice. Really? No. I made that up. <laughs> so, um, anyways, Fatty Z Musky Products brings you the show, fattyzmusky.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that's it for my plug. You guys take over. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Vance and I are going to be fishing at Chautauqua Lake. Starting the last Saturday in May, Memorial Day weekend, basically. Going through November, uh, give us a call. Booking book trips every day. Vance and I are hitting the uh, Columbus show here this weekend, and we always book some trips there. So if you have a time that you know you're going to be there for the week, that's kind of the, some of the calls I've been getting here lately. Uh, you know, sooner the better. Get a hold of us. We'll get you in for a day there. I'll also be fishing early season a little bit in Pennsylvania, month of May. Bit up, well, who knows? Pine Tuning, Moraine, Conneaut Lake. We got lots of places we can go around here. So, give us a call. We'll do our best to get you out on to some fish. As I said, we're going to be hitting up the uh, Columbus, Ohio show in Hilliard, Ohio this weekend. Vance and I are going to be leaving in a day or two here, two days. We'll have some track available. We'll have all the rod holders, lots of lures. Come talk to us about fishing. So stop by. Tell us you listen to the podcast. We get a kick out of that. So uh, that's our next show. After that, next in line, we're going to be going to Vicks Marine. Vance, talk a little bit about Vicks and Ranger Boats. Yeah, Vicks and Ranger Boats. Uh, great customer service. Uh, we're super pumped to be working with them. Uh, not only for that reason, we're super pumped about our new boats coming in uh, and getting everybody out on fish uh, in them. Uh, just super stoked about it. Great companies, uh, and I don't know when any in dealing with any of this uh, fishing garb. I think customer service uh, is the most important thing uh, because there is a lot of failures on the water. Not just in fishing days by not catching any fish, but uh, with all the equipment we use. And I say at every podcast, Vic saved my uh, last two guide seasons. They got me up and running. They diagnosed it and uh, had my boat back to me in a couple days. And uh, they probably could have had it back to me the same day. I just had to work uh, my other job and went and picked it up uh, a couple days down the road. But uh, they got me out there. Uh, up and running i can't speak highly enough of them but we're going to be doing a little musky trolling seminar there uh february 23rd and 24th uh right at uh their home base in kent ohio um they have a giant airplane uh hangar 
filled with rangers, starcrafts, star welds. Is that ironic? An airplane <laughs> hangar filled with boats? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to build a visual. Um, you know, it was essentially like a big showroom, but, you know, that where these musky shows e- exhibits are that w- we're doing in this off-season here. But uh, come check it out. If you're in the market for boats, you will not go wrong. By going to Vicks? Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's supposed to be a great open house. They're going to have guys doing bath stuff there, walleye stuff there, lots of good food from what I hear. Lots of people attend. It's a great time to, you know, meet some of these guys that they, they sponsor and uh, take a look at some of the boats, you know. Uh, as Vance said, they do service on Mercs, Yamahas, Evinrudes. I was looking through the books that, that we've been studying a little bit, and, you know, range, the Ranger boats are what they are. They're, <laughs> they're Ranger their ranger boats but man ranger aluminums look nice the starcrafts the star well those are some real nice boats too so anything you're looking at uh we'll have more details on that weekend as we get more info on it absolutely and st croix rods best on earth uh use them every day we're out there all species check them out great customer service very important to us musky max Muskie Max, yeah. So Muskie Max is going to be Saturday, March 10th from 9 to 6, Sunday the 11th from 10 to 3. It is at the Embassy Suites down in Pittsburgh. It's right near the International Airport, Moon Township. You can find the address. It's 550 Charrington Road or something. Uh, you know, I think it's a Coriopolis address. But, uh, yeah, check them out. They only have a couple booths left from what I understand if they still have them left, but by all means, come down to 10. It's a great show. They have a great website, and they do a lot of stuff on Facebook. Real easy to find. You can look up what they're doing, and, uh, you know, they really put a lot into the show. Uh, we've been to a lot of, we, we, we've been, we've attended a lot of these, I guess, I guess you would call them bigger shows, but uh, now I know it's skewed a little bit because that's our local area. This is our local area where this one's going to be held but man it just seems like there's a lot of people at that musky max <laughs> it does you know you know compared to the numbers you hear some of these other shows i just uh, you know we walk away like wow i don't know <laughs> a lot of people a lot of traffic seems to be a real busy place especially on saturday sunday's always a little slower but uh lots lots of people come there's lots of great vendors there lots of great local guys so you want to if you're into it at all and you're in the area it's I mean that that show is definitely worth the trip. Perfect, solid. Now we have a guest. We haven't uh, introduced him yet. His name is Jim Evers from Muskies Inc. And uh, Jim, I hope you're still there. You there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I'm still here. Okay, perfect. So um, we're going to be uh, starting this show. We're going to be kicking off a uh, advertising campaign for. Muskie's Inc. So we thought no better than to have the guy that reached out to us be our first guest uh, as we start this. So, Jim, you, if you want to give a little brief history of your, your thing with Muskie's Inc., and we're going to pretty much open up uh, a Q&A. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. We're really excited to be a part of the podcast, and you guys have uh, you know, a, very, a very high reputation amongst a lot of, a lot of people that have you know, directed us to you it's a new podcasts are are seeming 
seeing to be the new uh, or, or having a rebirth, a new rebirth in popularity of uh, listeners and people that you know basically binge on them. I've got a good friend that, that listens to your podcasts. I think over and over every time he goes to St. Clair from New York. <laughs> nice. So he's probably listened to them all five or six times by now. But well, we're excited for the sponsorship opportunity, and hopefully we'll reach uh, you know reach a demographic that we're that we're encouraged to uh, to go out go out after. Um, Muskie's Inc. For those that, that don't know, is it's been around a little over fifty years, and um, their their main accomplishment in that fifty years was that they were the the one of the first organizations to establish the catch and release ethic amongst the uh, anglers. And prior to that, you know, there had been kill tournaments and um, not not that ethic of catch and release to consider the future generations. So they were the initial conservationists, you know, for muskie fishing. Um, today, that that's kind of the norm. And our, our radical vision for muskies, Inc. now that's brought on by this new board and this new group of, of, uh, of executive committee members in muskies, Inc., you know, we're, we're thinking more towards a conservation angle um, of habitat and sustainable muskie fishing for the future. So it's not just, you know, we're not abandoning the catch and release ethic by any by any means, but looking a little bit more towards the, the future and, you know, in evaluating stocking. Most of our states have, have stocked fish, and, and I was surprised in you know, Minnesota, the high percentage of lakes that they have that are stocked fish. Um and, and that simply in, in a lot of states is not sustainable because of the cost. So if we can create these habitats or, or, or figure out what the habitat needs to be to sustain a naturally reproducing population um, for muskies, I mean, that's our, that's our BHAG. That's our, our big, hairy, audacious goal for, for muskies Inc. going forward, you know, our, radical, our radical notion. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, I have a couple questions already. Okay, so uh, now I've you know Jim has talked to me previous about this, so I'm a, I'm I'm a little more, you know, like Vance is this is the first time he's hearing it. So Jim, what you're saying is, um, early on the the this big spearhead for Muskie's Inc. was like catch and release, the conservation of it, but their new direction that they're trying to now that now that you know, if you catch a fish, you, you're you going to get death threats if you kept it. Uh, so it's worked. It's worked almost too well. It's worked. It is. I mean, yeah. Catch and release is musky fishing now. There's no more, you know, how much more can we do with that? Well, there's <laughs> who's, uh, who's keeping them, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you just say musky fishing, catch and release, catch and release, catch and release. It's kind of just beat into your brain. Somebody that... Uh, you know, got into it uh, way later than Todd and whatnot, even though Todd's young. Um, uh-huh, joke. Oh, and that's, yeah. But, <laughs> y- you know, it was just kind of, that was just a thing to do. So it's kind of interesting to hear, uh, you know, like a kind of like a front runner uh, in, in uh, who started this. You know, just to, to catch on and really start beating that into people's brains was, uh, you know, Muskie's Inc. doing these tournaments and whatnot. I just... I'm, I don't know the timeline of it of, of, uh, or the growth of it, how it actually happened. I mean, that, that had to be extremely tough uh, to kind of switch over to way back when. And, and it seems like that's Muskie's Inc.'s probably biggest moment, maybe. They're hanging their hat on that right now. Hanging their hat on that, uh, on, the, on the catch and release and, 
and make well, it. Well, that's the legacy. Stuff. The catch and release is the legacy, mm-hmm. and yeah. the you know the tradition of that, and and the fact that we've got you know six thousand plus members nationwide, and you know fifty plus chapters. Um, but it's grown nationwide to the to the extent that it has, and then it has the reputation with you know virtually every state's DNR. It, you know acknowledges the work of Muskie's Inc. and the reputation that it has. That that basically opens the door for any any chapter that wants to do work with the states. So, so. yeah, I mean, and and you know that catch and release. I mean, it, it affected me. You know, being a member and hearing about Muskie's Inc. Uh, I can still remember. I can visualize the first time I caught a legal one when I was up in Canada, laid it in the water and swam away, and I was like, "That's just the dumbest thing that I ever did in my life." Do you still feel that you, way, Todd? It's gone. That's What's that? Do you still feel that way, Todod? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite. Yeah, no. we got over no, it. No, but I mean, I do, I do, because we 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 took them in, you know, and that would have been in the early '80s, you know, that would have been not long after they started, but I mean, it was still. It was still catching on, you know. Uh, it, it, it just was. Uh, my even my grandpa had a heart. He was like, "I don't know, man. <laughs> you might not get another one." Well, so. it's worn out by the science <laughs> as well, too. I mean, you, the the yeah. apex predator in any system, you want to keep it in the system. Yeah, you know, for that diversity, and it's it's got an essential role. And there's yep. even there's studies even in Colorado that that I've been told about that. Um, <laughs> You know, the trout guys and the muskie guys always kind of bang heads a little bit. And they've, they've done studies that on the streams that have muskies, you know, where tiger muskies were introduced, the trout actually do better. No kidding. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so going on to the next thing that you are saying, Vance, did you have something else? No, I, I want to go on to this next level that you guys are trying to tackle, which sounds... The, the, yeah, okay, so... It sounds just as difficult, if not more difficult. Right. So, Jim, what you were saying, the next frontier that Muskie's Inc. is going to try to tackle is possibly to increase or uh, better the environment to promote uh, local, you know, reproduction in the system rather than just a complete, you know, reliance on stocking. Stocking. Exactly. And and obviously that can't be done in all bodies of water, but there's certainly there's lakes that have that ability you know, by the creation of, of habitat to sustain a naturally reproducing population. There's a big study that's going to be undertaken um, uh, soon on warm water fisheries and evaluating how, well, why there's so little uh, natural reproduction in the warm water fisheries and what would be needed to, to alter those to make them um, self-sustaining. But the conservation role, I mean, we've always had a conservation component in an ethic in in muskies inc but it's just going forward now what do we need to do for the future you know for the future of muskies inc for the future of the fisheries and and frankly for um you know to attract uh, to attract a new member base that's that's concerned with being a part of something that's bigger than themselves and being a part of something that's gonna have have more meaning than you know i don't i'm not denigrating at all but simply catching fish and and for guys that catch a lot of fish, well, that might be enough. But there's people that they want more than catching fish. You know, they want good meetings. They want to be a part of, you know, the 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 uh, fraternity that exists in these in the chapters, but also you know something more lasting that's going to make a make an impact on improving things for the future. Awesome. Now, like, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, what improvements need to be done to the environment? 
or that they're well, looking again, at? Again, it goes to, to habitat. I'm certainly, I'm no scientist. I'm not the expert, but one, one, our, our initial step as, as board members is that we're considering hiring, not hiring, but, um, you know, enlisting a, a, a new vice president position of conservation. And we actually have a candidate, um, that came forward, presented at the 2016 Muskie Symposium in Minneapolis and is very well qualified and has only done research on muskies and is just tickled to be a part of muskies Inc. So we think that that candidate's gonna, gonna help shape our, our conservation message and how that gets, you know, implemented at the chapter level. That's interesting. And, and, uh, so it's obviously habitat specific and everyone's going to be a little bit different from state to state. Uh, yeah, every state, you know, it's interesting. We did it. We're, we're in the middle of doing a, a conservation survey right now and every state has different issues. Like the Michigan is a big issue is spearing Wisconsin. A big issue is spearing and Minnesota it's lake rights. It's, it's having access to lake rights. Um, you know, Pennsylvania is opening up new new waters. Um, New Jersey, there's there's we you know issues with the with the environment with the with the water quality. So every state yeah. and in in New York State they have an issue with with lakes where they believe that they're you know excessive use of herbicides. So someone like this candidate that's coming forward with the science background and PhD background, you know, gives us a little bit more of the of the gravitas that we need to. To have a a um, you know credible conservation message that we can we can uh, act on. That's interesting. So you guys are going to be initially out of the gates targeting states that already house muskies, of course. You know, but uh, are you going to be concentrating more on the states that are deemed maybe put and take, uh, such as like New Jersey or Pennsylvania? Ohio, Kentucky, those areas that have kind of like an open season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the strategy is going to be, and that's certainly you know entirely up to the candidate. But um, you know, in council with the board, but it's like I said, every state is going to be different, and um, you know, it's West Virginia, Virginia. You've got musky populations that are naturally producing. You know that's gonna that's gonna figure into it as well. We've got a new chapter that's going to be opening up in in Virginia in February, um, in in Roanoke. So we're very excited about that as well. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I talked to Jim a little bit there. Uh, you know, at the last uh, down there at the uh, at the Chicago show, and you know, I know there's guys listening that probably have been members before, and you know, one of the big things that I always heard was like, oh, geez, you know. $35 to be a member for the year and you know it all just goes to Wisconsin Minnesota and that is not the case with Muskie Zinc our club once again uh, this every year you know if, if if the clubs get involved and you you there, there's things available there, there's monies available for you know for different you can turn in uh, uh, an application they can get money for for uh, you know feeding fish getting our, our club has taken advantage of that so it de definitely is not like just out there in the midwest there's no doubt about that but uh, that's just that's the one thing that uh, you know I have a lot of friends that were members and that was the thinking and that's what they did and uh, you know they decided oh, I'm not doing this anymore but th that's not the case as Jim was telling me there's monies that go unused 
Yeah, there's grants for fisheries and for youth programs that that went unused this past year. And when when someone asks me, well, what is you know what is Muskie Zinc going to do for me? I rattle off the benefits, you know, that we can talk about later. But I I ask them, what did you what did you ask us to do for you? Yeah, you know, did you write a grant? No. Did you ask money for you? Did you hold the youth event where you needed funding? Well, you know, that's that's what you got to do. You know, it's a it's a two way street. Yes. Yep, it's there. It's, it's out there. Our club is taking advantage of it, you know, with that uh, the Becker Fund, and uh, you know, we we get we, our you know the Three Rivers chapter is getting stuff every year because of that. You know, we hold fundraisers for minnow, you know, minnow bait fund, uh, you know, funding, and uh, we've got uh, some some feeders. We they introduce some Great Lake strain muskies up into Lake uh, up on Fresh the. Yeah, Prescow. Yeah, they put mm-hmm. them in Prescow rather than putting the. I mean, that all happened. A lot of that. A lot of that was coming through our cl- our club. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, Todd, real quick, I, w- I want to get some some clarity on this because I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you were saying the feeders in the minnow fund, this is to feed the little baby muskies that are going to be yes. stocked at yes. the hatcheries. This was going to help the hatcheries here in Pennsylvania. You know. Uh, obviously, our fish commission, Pennsylvania, the game commission, they don't have a lot of extra money to spend on things. So, you know, we were able to raise some money, donate things that they felt working with our fisheries. You know, they talked to some guys. This would be great. We, we raised minnows at one time. I don't know that they're continuing to do that. But they actually, you know, had a pond where they're raising the minnows to feed the fish. You know, and it, it all helped. All helped. Uh, no. We were lucky to have a... Uh, you know our 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 new president, who's going to take over as president now, was a uh, of three rivers. Of, of three rivers was a uh, uh, water, uh, you know, fish commission officer. He retired from the job, and he loved musky fishing. He never got to do it because he was always working. But uh, yeah, so he he had an interest to begin with, and then you had uh, Larry Hines. He's he's a member of our club. So, you know, our club had, you know, these guys got involved, and they, they're they the ones that brought this up. I remember the meeting where he said, hey, there's this Becker Fund, and you can apply for things. I'm going to send in and see if we can, you know, get some help here. And sure enough, we did. Right, you know, and those uh, applications are right on the website, you know, for people that want to do that. I mean, we give away yeah. free youth memberships, 10 free youth memberships to, to web-only access to any chapter that wants them. We had a few chapters take advantage of it, but for the most part, they went, you know, they went unused. But going back to your point about decentralization, um, you know, the, the the board is much more diverse now from all parts of the country, and I think it's it's reflected in our attitude. Um, we've got marketing plans in place now with Tony Grant, who's who's come out of Region Three and is marketing, you know, done done great work for us at the Ohio show and signing up new members and at his road rules events that, you know, we expanded that into, um, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And he's done, he's done great work for us in those States as well. So this year in terms of decentralizing our, our efforts, we're holding chapter challenges in each of the four regions. So there'll be a chapter challenge that, you know, previously was only held in Minnesota and, and won mostly, you know, for the last 25, 30 years by Minnesota or South Dakota uh, chapters who held the event, you know, naturally on their home waters in, in Minnesota. 
that didn't do a whole lot for our entire membership. So we decided to break it up a little bit. And this, this March 17th this year will be the first Region 3 um, chapter challenge at Cave Run, you know, hosted hosted by uh, Tony Grant um, at the Muskie Lodge. So we're hoping people will turn up for that as well. Oh, that's awesome. A little tournament there. Is, it, is that what that's going to yep. be, a tournament? When When's that happening? That's March 17th. It's a Saturday. It's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that'll be a nice time down at the uh You're going to want to be at Lodge. the... You're going to want to be there. <laughs> at the, at the yeah. Muskie Lodge? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. But as far as the benefits go, I mean, we've expanded the member benefits to... For, for joining, like new members in 2018 are eligible for a 20% discount at Tackle Industries. James is one of our one of our good sponsors. He does a lot for a lot of chapters, and uh, he was generous enough to offer that for new members that sign up in 2018. Um, you know, we've got a we've got a 529 college plan that that people who don't have employer college savings plans are eligible for through Edward Jones. Um, you know, that we were pretty excited about. And, and we're working on a deal with Liberty Mutual for insurance and a sponsorship package also for uh, these chapter challenges. You know, in addition to getting the magazine and the annual calendar and, and being a part of the chapter. But what we're really selling is, you know, as, when I was at the Chicago show after we, after we spoke, I was sitting at the booth and I'm thinking, everybody's just look at the time it takes them to set up the lures and and you know we're not we're not giving away anything but what we're giving away is the 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 connection to the chapter that's going to provide you with those experiences and with those memories and with those friendships you're going to make um once you become involved so and that and that knowledge and experience you know getting access to that knowledge and experience that's much greater than um than, than most of the baits, not the not the raptor, not the eight inch raptor. The eight inch raptor is an exception. <laughs> that's right. The, the, <laughs> that uh, the you know the baits the baits in the bling that's all that's being sold there at the shows. <laughs> so that's kind of what we try to what what our quote unquote product is 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 really that connection to a chapter and and you see it when when you, when people come to come to our table and sign up and we walk them over to a chapter's chapters booth at the show you know they they all make the connection the chapter makes that connection the new member he's the new members just met somebody from national they know about us and the, and the over you know our our national presence and then they meet their local chapter and the guy's throwing a t-shirt at them they're finding about the next event so you couldn't have a better onboarding experience than what happens at at these shows yeah so it almost sounds to me like you know the the cost of the membership of you know 35 bucks you're you're getting you're getting, you know, easily that back in just perks. If they're throwing you a shirt or what have you and you're getting a magazine, you know, magazines aren't free to begin with. You know, I, I'm, right. a, I'm a magazine guy. I love magazines. So Yeah, and the, the magazine, let me correct you, it's, it's $45 beginning this year, but if you sign up for three years, it's still $35. We raised their dues the first for $10 for the first time since 2005, just as a matter of... Um, you know, normal normal business expensing okay. to keep up with our costs. So and very little pushback on the dues increase. Um, there are people that would pay a lot, lot more. You know, would purchase lifetime memberships. Um, you know, to be a part of the organization. And forty five dollars is you know, 
it's for the magazine, the calendar that you get, the connection with the chapter, all these benefits, you know, that we've, we started to talk about. Um, you get a, you come to a national table, you'll get a free bait from us. Tony Grant gives you, gives you a bait when you sign up. So you're getting a, a 15, $20 bait right off the bat. Um, it, it just as an incentive, um, it's, it's well worth it. It's probably one of the quietest bargains out there. Oh yeah. And I, I, I love, you know, I, and I do still look at this occasionally, you know, you, you get access to the lunge log. There's, I think it's probably hit close to 400,000 fish logged in there now. I don't. Yeah. I think we're at like 385 or something. Yeah. And you know, the, the yeah. interesting thing, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, 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 I knew it had to be getting close because, you know, so you have 385,000 fish logged in for members. Now, I don't send mine in, and, you know, but a lot of people don't. I did for a few years, but, I mean, still, you can look up your, your lake. You look up a bait that you like to use. See how many are turned in on that bait. Sit, you know, if you're going to a new lake, you know, check out the, you know, hey, how many fish have ever been turned in here, you know. Uh, I use it as a selling point for our charters on Chautauqua all the time. I was like, check out Muskie's Ink Lodge. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the lunge log, you know, Chautauqua Lake is the, the first U.S. body of water on the list. You know, it goes Lake of the Woods, Lake St. Clair, Unknown, which a lot of people turned in that way. And then the next one is Chautauqua Lake, New York, this little 18-mile-long body of water. It could show you that there's, uh, you know, it, it's a fishery that, uh, you know, it helps me sell trips. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can you can mm-hmm. look up all your lake, any lake you're going to go to. You're going to go on a vacation. You have a lot of the Canadian lakes. You know, tons of fish turned in on those lakes. Uh, you know, maybe you find a pattern, you see something, or you see someone's name listed, and you're like, hey, boy, I didn't know that they used to go there. You can give them a call, talk to them. Hey, you know, you used to fish here. What's that lake like? Where's the re- where's the hazards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, we did the membership survey. Surveyed, I surveyed an entire membership. You know, I don't know if it's been done before or not, but it was it was a, a, a very insightful. And that was the number one valued item of being a member of Muskie's Inc. was the fact that they had access to the lunch log. And I can yeah, tell you, there's, I know, I have friends in Canada, and that's the that's only reason why they that. joined, was to get access to the lunch log. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, Todd, didn't you say years ago you were the one of the first guys to like register a hundred fish? Well, like in our club. Okay, in, in your yeah, club. yeah, yeah, in, in our club. But I mean, in the way things change, you know that I don't remember. That was in the early nineties. You know, I had a hundred hundred fish registered. That they're they're not on the computer. They had a they had a uh, they had a fire. Or something, and they lost records for two years. So there was two years records where they got lost. I think Jim probably has heard that story. Yeah, uh, and you know, part of the updating of the of the of the image of Muskie's Inc. and how we operate and everything else too to bring us, you know, up to up to times is we're looking at other ways to enter those those fish. You know, whether it's through an app like iAngler that would automatically document, you know, your fish and go and, and be recorded instantly or what? I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at a, at a mode to, to automate that and to provide access to everyone. Um, you know, it's a little bit more in keeping with the times than just simply going to the website and entering. I'd say that. Yeah. A, I mean, I used to do it on a P, you know, we used to, I used to make carbon copies and copy all that stuff down. I, I turned them in for four years. And like I said, two of those years were lost. 
it was all paper back then there was no computer uh, you know there's no computer stuff involved but uh you know but back then i think i was like number sixth in the in the nation by turning in those fish well now the, the numbers of fish people turn in are incredible of course our numbers are way different than that too but that was a yeah. you know the the you, you can see the progression through the through the years of uh you know we talked about that a little bit before we started the podcast those first couple of years you look back through those records and you know almost all the fish were kept mm-hmm. uh, there's a kept division and a release division now there's like there's nothing even ever turned in in, in the kept division uh, no mm-hmm. you know it's it's it, it's sort of by the wayside it's become it's become a catch and release sport which is great uh yeah there's a lot of uh I, you know, to me, there's a lot of neat things. You're talking about the cost of a bait or two, get involved, you know, all these clubs, you know, the big thing you struggle with with these clubs is getting guys to step forward because it's a big commitment to become the president or vice president. I served as a tournament director for a couple of years in our local club, and, you know, that was a lot of work. I get on and do a seminar once a year on something, you know, we've done, you know, simple things like making leaders you know people are interested mm-hmm. in that it's not going to interest the guy that's been musky fishing for 30 years but it can be interesting to the new guy so you have guys of all you know you 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 have a lot of new people in these clubs you have uh you know guys that are getting into it it's a great way to get into the sport uh it, it helps you immensely by getting there and talking to people meet people uh and you also have guys that have been doing it for years you meet some really interesting people. I mean, you have some incredible conversations. And, you know, to go back to your point about the meetings, yeah, you could have the same topic there. But like you said, sharing it with a newbie and seeing the, the experience that they have, you know, mm-hmm. with getting that information on how to make a leader or whatever, that's the, the, the chapters that are the most open and share and share that information, not just techniques, but, but catch data and, and where to go and where the hot bite is. Those are the chapters that are alive because that's what you're. That's what they're looking for. You know what people are looking for. Um, they just seem to do better, much much better when it's when it's open and shared. Yeah. Now we we kind of touched on it briefly, but uh, you know Jim and I had conversations saying that you know it is it is new. Um, the word's not coming to my head right now. But you have new leadership, and it's it's a new like transparency, um, you know, things of the past. Some stuff was mismanaged. What what has been done differently? Well, first of all, you know, credit credit goes to everyone that steps forward for Muskie's Inc. We're all volunteers, and everybody's doing the best that they can. Um, you know, and frankly, there's there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into it, and and sometimes it's not all able to get done. And I, and I think for a number of years, um, you know, the attention wasn't necessarily paid where it needed to be paid. And, and we're, we're dealing with some of those issues now, you know, that our members are familiar with. Um, they're being rectified, and, but, it's, but it's based on a board that's, that looks at it more from a business model, from a, from a standpoint of, you know, performance and, and data and, and serving our members. You know, we had a consultant that came in at Pittsburgh and took a look at our organization and said, you know, yeah, you guys are 51 years old, but you're operating like a startup. You know, and that was pretty pretty eye-opening. 
for a lot of members, you know, the thought that we here we were this mature organization, and, you know, we there wasn't really anything else we could do. But that was that was very insightful and very helpful. And the new board members are all take their take their work very seriously and devote a lot of time to it. And um, you know, I think it's starting to bear some fruit. Yeah, and there's no. I mean, it does. This stuff takes. You know, people have to remember. You guys are all volunteers, and uh, everybody's doing the best they can. I know what it was like to run my local little, <laughs> our local little club, to be the tournament director. The questions, the people calling, the people. You know, I I know what it took to do that for a couple of years when I did it. It was a lot of work. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's minimal to what it's. Gonna and that's be the hardest thing is when you have a chapter, you only have two or three people doing the work. Um, it's a tremendous mm -hmm. burden. If you've got eight or nine guys that can that can you know spread the workload out, you're going to succeed. Yeah, that's incredible. And you guys are some people uh, chapters are trying to develop an app to register fish, and I'm sure different data too. I, I think that'd be hugely popular. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to making a making a, a musky zinc app, and you could just boop, take a picture. Register a fish. You know, done. I think that oh, sure. three eighty five yeah. number would jump considerably. Yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I would imagine there in a year you you might see an insane amount of numbers go up. Mm -hmm. if, if there was mm -hmm. an app, because everything is is turning to the cell phones now, right? You know, right. And social media. Well, I said accessibility, but also with that accessibility comes speed. You know, the, the message has to be quickly conveyed, and it has to be valued, and it has to be something that people are going to pursue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and when they value it, then they still stick with it and and pursue it. And that's where our you know, going back to our conversation about conservation, that's the value that we want to, you know, we want to we want to convey, and we want to we want to share with our members. It's very interesting. Now, Jim. How did you get involved with Muskie's Inc.? So it's a long story. I started out um, as a chapter rep from New Jersey Chapter Twenty Two, and and went out to the Ohio show, and was just struck by. I never knew Ohio had these bait makers in in it, and <laughs> they had this many this many guys that were muskie fishing. You know, I wasn't. I was really only, kind of only involved in my chapter in 22 and I, you know, I knew there were other chapters out there but just so um, struck by the passion that the the Ohio chapters have for their fishery and, and their minnow fund and um, you know got involved in the regional level and on region three um, you know we were we were a couple of us were key in bringing around the Tony Grant marketing program and and getting that launched so that you know as part of that decentralization before we were on the board you know getting getting region three served by muskies inc you know to the extent that the other regions were as well so tony came on as a marketing um you know contractor for muskies inc in region three and did did quite well and after that bob sisson took up the region three mantle and i moved up to the marketing marketing membership committee, and now I'm um, um, VP of membership for Muskie's Inc. It's a lot, and it's a lot of fun. And I, I can't tell you the the people that you meet and the and the surprises that come around a corner at you, you know, in conversations or or p 
people that know you know people you know it's it's really um it's pretty exciting pretty exciting what what exactly does your job do like what what do you do at your job it sounds like a fancy title it's you know it's it's vp just means that that i'm on a committee with two other two other great guys and we develop membership programs we have a budget um you know, like the Tony Grant program is a, is a membership function. We, um, you know, deal with the with youth events to the extent that they involve membership and just a lot of the initiatives, like the the five twenty nine um, college savings plan was a was a member membership committee initiative. Um, and you know, serving serving the membership really, just the, the you know to the best that we can, expanding member benefits. You know, getting the twenty percent discount for for new members in twenty eighteen. Um, this Liberty Mutual benefit. You know, That's anything a- that can can expand our our member benefits, uh, member programs. Um, that's that's primarily our our function. That sounds like you you deal with a lot of people, uh, a lot of emails, a lot of calls. How many members? Would you say nationwide there are uh, right now? Right now we're a little on the plus side of sixty three hundred. That, that that's interesting because we always wonder how many musky fishermen and women are are there out there. Yeah, we always wonder. You know, like is this a community of ten thousand? Is it a community of two hundred thousand? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was told that's a great question. I was told that in Wisconsin alone, there's twenty to thirty thousand muskie anglers that aren't in muskies, and and the same holds true for Minnesota. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I was told. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's an incredibly untapped market, and and you know why? Why aren't they? Uh, you know, are we not getting the message out, or um, you know, they just simply don't, you know wish to be a part of muskie's inc i don't know right now muskie's inc is a non-profit correct yeah we're a 501c3 non-profit okay so yeah more or less what that means is there's not some guy just getting rich off of no there's no there's no i mean we have in our bylaws there's conflict of interest statements there's um there's nothing like that there's no there's no nepotism there's no uh nobody benefiting from this at all so right there, you know, I, I set that up <clears throat> with what little voice I have to to show that it's not, you know, some guy buying his third house down in the Bahamas off of this. And, and what you brought up with the, you know, supposed 20,000 untapped muskie anglers in Wisconsin and Minnesota, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if someone's like, oh, this guy's just getting rich off this, that's why we don't do it. It's seeming like you know, for the benefits that, that, that you gain from that. Um, you know, I, I would say that most people that consider themselves musky fishermen should be able to afford a membership. Yeah, and there's a lot of legacy clubs that are out there. There's the Ohio Husky Musky Club that pre- actually predates Muskie Zinc. You know, there's clubs in Wisconsin that I think there's one or two that predate Muskie Zinc, you know, that were started up around the same time. So there's a lot of, there's different traditions, but each of these chapters is so unique. You know, they're so different. It's like the pictures, you know, you look at the, you look at the calendar 
of of muskies inc and you see the pictures of these guys you know all these guys are holding big fish well you know it, it's easy to dismiss that as you know that's 40 pictures of guys holding big fish but each one of those pictures is a story you know there's a story about the guys a story about the catch and there's a and that's the thing that we we overlook when you're looking at those pictures you just kind of forget that there's a there's a huge backstory as to how that person got there you know that's that's very interesting and that those big fish may not have even been there if it wasn't for muskie's inc exactly 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 so yeah, yeah i'd say a lot of the you know the fish in in pa and any any of the put and take places uh you know a lot of them are relying on stocking and i know a lot of those the muskie inc clubs raise money uh to feed those little fingerlings to get put into the fisheries uh, to give them a chance to grow and be wonderful, uh, you know, big muskies, which is mm-hmm. super sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's helped. I mean, it is way, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, it's way easier to catch muskies now than it used to be. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, you know, and it comes back to that. Some of the, I, I'm sure we have people listening that used to be members and, uh, you know, or, or the people, some of my friends, some of my buddies are like, oh, yeah, I used to do that, as we talked about. But, you know, uh, you know, give, give it a second thought. It's the cost of a bait. I would be a member till the day I'm not here anymore, uh, whether I participate in the club or not. But it's 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 the cost of a, a bait. I do enjoy. I look, I glance through the magazine, read an article. Every once in a while, there's an article or there's a picture of us muddy creek in there you know which is neat <laughs> you know someone wrote an article for us last year uh about his trip but uh you know j- just getting the magazine and uh i think you know one of the big things you know jim brought that up you know the clubs there, there's stuff available out there i don't think the clubs take avail uh you know take you know take the initiative to go get which our club was we never did that and all of a sudden we had a meeting we did it and it's out there they have things that they can do for your club you know you have to look you have to uh you know keep an eye on that stuff but uh could you guys run down some of that stuff in terms of the uh the funds that are available for the chapters yeah why not yeah i mean well there's there's grants that are available for youth programs so that if a chapter wants to have a youth program um you know, there's money available from the VP of Youth for for youth events, and it's you know directly reimbursable. It gets approved, and then you get or then you get um, you know funded. the The Becker Becker Fund and the Gilham Fund both have monies available. One's administered through MI, one's administered through um, Chapter One, Twin Cities Chapter, um, for for various structure, fisheries projects, habitat projects. That, that are out there um we funded last year we funded the the kentucky high school scholarship league which is how this whole 529 plan came about um for for post high school scholarships rather than give tournament winners you know cash or or gear <coughs> excuse me we we elected to you know create scholarship funds for for these guys that um would win the win the tournaments and we're hoping that's going to become a model for you know the high school tournaments that are already up and operating in illinois and uh minnesota that are very very successful and very very popular yeah talk about cool man i wish they would have had that when i was in school 
the high school muskie league, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's other chapters in Ohio too that are looking at at, at getting something started for the high school muskie yeah. leagues. But you know, you talk about the future of the fishery, and it's really, um, you know, I might be out on a limb here, but I don't think it's the 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 six or seven year old with the Barbie pole fishing for bluegill. That's someone. That's a future fisherman or a future outdoorsman. But the the immediate future for Muskie's Inc. is going to be these high school and college kids that are already active in the sport. You know that we need to we need to onboard as the as the newest group of members. You know, I I'd, I'd agree to that. I mean, I I see, you know, any more, just just the the access to the information and stuff. How some of these people that will, you know, I'm not picking on anybody, but will go from and this is my first year musky fishing to like the next year, you know, kind of brag up to themselves that they're professional they caught x amount of fish and stuff and i'm just like man it took me so many years to figure all that stuff out on my own yeah and just learning the hard way not that one way is better than the other but you know i you're looking at all this stuff you know like the high school musky leagues that you guys are just talking about you know this this i i'm i'm intrigued about this musky zinc app yeah Mm -hmm. that would be so but just you know this all of a sudden this stuff is coming in the digital age Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. will just shorten learning curves, and I don't want to say put just more strain on the fishery. I think it's actually going to benefit it as more people start to do this. You know, states can then, you know, justify. You know, because I, I I always think why would why would a state put money into stocking muskies when, you know, the like when I get my fishing license the one year they ask there's a questionnaire. Did you catch a muskie this year? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the end game was, but obviously the question was yes. Uh, the answer to that question was yes. I don't know if they're, you know, they are doing some stuff different with stocking, but you know, it, it it will go to justify some more of this stuff. So it's just how all of a sudden this stuff is building a lot of steam very quickly. Yeah, and with stocking, there's an end game, right? I mean, there's there's a there's a point in time when the the ROI, you know, the return on the investment is not there any longer and the states go, look, it's costing us too much in infrastructure and for this and yes. you know, that that doing a habitat project or doing a structure project or doing, you know, water quality project or something becomes a little bit more understandable when you look at the life cycle costs of these things. Now now Todd, when there wasn't I don't know how how the project went, but uh, at the the minnows, they they tried to get enough minnows down. I think at the Linesville Hatchery in a pond, to where the minnows would then you know breed and make more minnows, and they'd have a self sustaining population to feed these muskies year round. Yeah, and I can't I can't remember what the end result was there. You know what I mean? Uh, something. I, I I can't remember the outcome, but that but that that's something that they tried. Uh, they may still be doing it. They're raising the fatheads along with the uh, with the musky fry, and mm-hmm. uh, they tried to have like a self-sustaining pond. I don't, I don't remember what the outcome of that was. I think that would be <laughs> very difficult. You get mm-hmm. one loose seagull, and it eats all your minnows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I don't probably talking what, about I don't remember hundreds what happened, of thousands. That was something they did. You know, that was something. You know, and it's all going to be, you know, all this stuff is going to be learning. You know, when when uh, Muskie's Inc. gets into this, studying the different habitats, the different lakes, you know, 
I'm sure there's going to be people not happy because you're going to be able to look at some of these lakes and say, "It's this is not going to happen here." Other lakes, it's going to be able to happen, uh, whether it be water quality or uh, you know just habitat. Uh, you know, man-made reservoirs are going to be hard, you know, with all the sediment. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be neat to see the fish, you know, uh, reproducing more than they are, which I think that's going to be the the end result of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Jim, kind of along those lines, you, you said that you guys are now getting a biologist kind of on staff. Yeah, it's um, very. We're, we're examining the position. It hasn't gone through the, the you know the protocols of the board approval, but um, you know they're being onboarded onboarded now through through fisheries, and um, you know it's it's someone that would give us a great deal of credibility when it came to you know to expanding our conservation role rather than just leaving it up to the chapters. You've got somebody that can organize programs you know, across this, uh, at the state level that could be implemented at a, at a chapter level. Okay, and, uh, you know, like, uh, she is going to be kind of, where where is she at with state? She, I believe she's in Virginia right now. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so she, this would be like a part-time gig for her? It's, um, actually, she's involved, she's in the industry, okay. and... It's when you say part time. I mean, there's there's some eight hour days involved in in any of these positions, right? But she's not um, like waking up and punching the clock at Muskie's Inc. and then punching. No, out she's home. not a paid. She's a volunteer, like all of us, like all the board. Right, that's kind of oh, what wow. I was going at. With that. yeah, yeah, and it's it's incredible because she presented at like I said at the 2016 Minneapolis uh, uh, Symposium. All her all her work has been um, Muskie related, and is just very very excited and very enthused to to be a part of muskie's inc and you know assist us in in taking it to this next level right now i guess we should probably you know say her name since instead of saying she all the time what what lila warren okay her name and it's not uh, official but it's it's in the works it's it's in the works and she came forward and and we certainly are considering it and it's um you know looks very promising and i certainly hope it goes forward i'm you know doing everything i can to to make sure it goes forward and and i think it you know our 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 membership survey again going back to our membership survey you know that was one of the highest responding um questions it was over 60 percent of the of the membership wanted a greater conservation role for for muskies inc you know whether that's through habitat um or or natural reproduction um so it's 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 of it's timely it's timely it's you know it's it's going to come to fruition here very shortly i think yeah a lot of stuff is in the works for muskies inc right now that's awesome i mean because I, i you know without talking to you i wouldn't have known any of this yeah yeah. So it's you know I guess it it's just getting the word out is the important thing and you know that I think that'd be really cool you know she gets up on board you know we're definitely going to want to speak to her have yep. her on the show and uh you know that's that's just that's just neat that all this stuff going you know I'm going to bring up the app again you know the the uh-huh. the, the the long range view here of you know trying to make these fish have more successful spawns I mean that's that uh, you know, I don't think that most musky guys are thinking that way. No, they're. I mean, the most musky guys are probably 
listening to this and and you know maybe it's it makes them take a step back and think like oh well yeah i, I wonder why i am catching all these fish now and uh you know it's it, it, i think you know your everyday musky guys just like i want to go out and catch them let's go catch them you know? mm-hmm. take it for granted that they're there that that, that they're there you know and that's, and, and that's okay and that's you know and that's that's simply i look at that as that's simply someone that hasn't hasn't heard the message yet yeah but that maybe you know somebody that gets you know it'll make them step back and think you know what i'm i'm gonna join one of these clubs and become a part of them and contribute to you know all the neat things that are going on and uh you know to preserve the uh the fisheries yeah and as I you think, guys I know that, you get far more out of it than what you put into it i know, you know but it just I, takes that first step it's just that initial step sure yeah but i think but i think like pennsylvania and you know we we talk a lot about these lakes over here i mean they're not there's a small natural population of them but i i think that it's a fragile population you know it probably if nothing if, if everything stopped they it would probably become very scarce to catch a muskie uh, without a doubt in pennsylvania oh, yes. so i think things like you know muskie zinc and being part of the clubs and you know and you're thinking up in the tournaments so much, and doing this stuff there's I, there's, there, there's so much fun that, that that can be had through there i mean you know it comes and goes i don't participate in the tournaments anymore because i'm not guiding all the time but i mean yeah i mean it used to be a big deal myself and all my friends get together go up to Chautauqua for the weekend it's it's the Chautauqua tournament it's the it's the Pima tuning tournament I mean we had a lot of fun in fun competition you know you know sometimes you win some money sometimes you win a fishing rod or a reel but uh it was things that I looked forward to they just put out our tournament schedule from our club I just got it on my email there the other day you know uh back in the day when I was working the other jobs i would take those weekends and cross them off like right now like okay this is what i'm doing i'm going yeah. to climb tuning this weekend i'm going here and you know we they were just we had so much fun uh you know getting together you know we stayed in the same places and you know we we uh you know it, it was like a it was a tournament there might be 50 people there might be 70 there might be 20 but it was always uh you know it it, it, was, it was just a good excuse to say i can't do anything this weekend because i'm fishing <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly well you're learning too right i mean it's, that's it's right. the great thing that's about right. the sport is you're you're every time you go out you're learning something yeah now jim how did you get into fishing for muskies i started fishing in minnesota or actually in, in illinois and very little a little bit in illinois but um spent my early high school days in in minnesota on lake minnetonka um Ooh, i love that lake yeah with a bobber and a big sucker <laughs> in the fall catching you know three foot pike and i don't think we knew that there were four foot muskies there <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and ice fishing and 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 whatnot but that gave me my love of fishing and um yeah, started from there and then moved out east and, you know, I'm lucky, I'm fortunate enough to have a place up on Lake Nipissing in Ontario and I go up there every year, you know, you were talking about your chapter events, well, there's a there's a Sudbury chapter of Muskies Canada that I'm involved in also and go to their events every year and it's, I do the exact same thing, I'm just like, okay, these five days, 
that, yep. that's mine. I'm, I'm, you know, it's done. It's set in stone. It's yep. just with the same. It's set. I need my same, vacation right now because that's what I'm yeah. doing. That's, yeah. Same buddy every year. We know what we're going to do. We pre-fish. We go here. We, you know, it's just, it's a, it's just a great, it's a great time. You know, and it's mm -hmm. different every year. It's the same event, but it's different every, every single year. That's awesome. I've seen those Sudbury uh, signs up in, in that area. I go, I go fishing up in that area in Canada every year. It's, it's super sweet. Nice. Nice. Awesome. So, is there a lot of musky lakes in New Jersey? There's about 14 lakes, and we got Leech Lake strain that was brought in in the 80s um, from Minnesota, and they um, the 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 early founders of this chapter, you know, actually drove on the runway at Newark Airport, took the fish off the plane, and uh, you know, stocked started stocking the lakes well now we've got a very active hatchery that provides a lot of fingerlings for a lot of other states as well the tiger mean, muskies in and true strains and we've got one broodstock lake of leech lake strain um you know solely just leech lake, leech lake strain i never it's i didn't incredible. even think new jersey had a lake to be honest with you yeah and it's it's um you know 30 minutes from my house there's there's 50 inch leech lakers in a in a reservoir that's trolling motors only that's you know what 300 acres that's incredible that's so great. It's electric mo motors only electric motors only yeah and you're surrounded by the hills you know in, in western new jersey so there's bear turkey deer there's all kinds of all kinds of critters and you know here you are you know an hour from midtown manhattan wow that is incredible. That's, that's so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Man, that would be that'd be very borderline frustrating, <laughs> just because you can't get around. Because it, yeah, it is painfully slow if you're going to try to cross the lake. <laughs> it makes it really hard to troll. It you does. better know your wind. You better know which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. All. You got to go old school, like I yep. still fish now. Is Play the wind direction. <laughs> Launch here. Is that a uh, is that a large reservoir? That, that's a, that's you know like one of the smaller ones. I mean, the biggest lake is Lake Opakon. It's twenty four hundred acres. Um, incredible fishery. There's fifty inches that come out of that. Um, that's our biggest our biggest lake uh, for for multi species. That's incredible. I was talking to somebody that fishes over in New Jersey the other day. Um, and he was like, you know, I go to the St. Lawrence every year, and, and the biggest muskies I caught were out of New Jersey. In Greenwood Lake, probably, right? <laughs> he, was naming a he was naming a bunch of lakes, but I was just like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I yeah. always, I always yeah. thought New Jersey just had a shore. <laughs> no, no. It's got so many lakes. It's nice in the lakes. We actually have one glacial lake. It also brings you back to where you can look at, you know, the, what... Uh, you know the fisheries in your own backyard. You know, we're, we're, Vance and I are sort of the same way. You know, we go to. Uh, you know, I've been all over Canada and the, the Georgian Bay and been all over the place. But you know, uh, sometimes some of the biggest fish I've caught have been right at my home lake here at Chautauqua. <laughs> That's nice. That's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, but I, that, and that can probably hold true to most anywhere in the, in the country. Mm -hmm. You know, did you ever get some big ones up there on uh, on Nipissing? 
Yeah, you know, you talk you talk about the chapters and the events and stuff there. I had the the, the loneliest the loneliest experience was up there. I was up there by myself and and got a really fat forty eight and it was just a beautiful it was just this epic fight, right? I just, I didn't think it was gonna end. Mm-hmm. And I get this fish and I'm so happy I get it in a net and I'm like, This this really sucks. You, you know <laughs> by <laughs> yourself, yeah. I'm I'm here by myself. I'm such a loser, man. <laughs> I can't. I got enough. nobody to share this with. You know, you want to you want to share with somebody. You know, <laughs> so you start. What do you do? You pick up your phone. You start texting pictures, texting you know, and that that kind of satisfies it. But you know, they weren't there. You know, right. they weren't there for the for the experience. And we had a we had and and to go to the other extreme. I was up there with her girlfriend, and she can be on the sun for maybe three or four hours at a time. So fishing is definitely curtailed. You know when she's with me and it starts to pour well we, you know, we put up the umbrella we're drinking coffee and it's pouring rain and it stops and you know a couple casts pow nail you know another 48 49 inch fish huge fish and uh you know she goes, she goes you don't need so you don't need to come up here for a week you catch these fish like this it's it's, mm-hmm. it's not that hard I go, no 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 this doesn't happen doesn't happen well the rain started coming down again you know, long story short, we we got another one, another big fish right after that. Wow! And it was because I was sharing it with her. But the funniest thing was, early in the day, I had hooked like a like a six or seven pound largemouth bass, which is huge for for Canada up there. Yeah, anyway. And yeah. yeah, and and um, she boffed a net job. Oh no! And she went um, swimming. And 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 uh, she's like, "What do you what do you care? You know, you catch fish that are so much bigger than that." I go, "No, no, no, that was a huge bass. That was the biggest bass I've ever caught." <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we catch the catch the muskie later in the day, you know, the first muskie, I look over at her, and she's she's you know halfway leaning in the water, poised. She's just, just a, a a coiled spring, ready to nut this fish. And and I go I go look at you and she goes I saw your face on the last one I wasn't gonna lose this one <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. especially being a musky that's hilarious guilting her into so, it <laughs> so when you when you with somebody out you know when you when you when you share it you know whether it's with your with somebody in the boat or or with your chapter or at an event or something like that so it's so much better shared but that's my point though yeah. some story. some tips on the on the solo photo is you can take those you know really awful pictures of the fish in the net that no one can tell how big it is so i recommend you take and flop the fish on the bottom of your boat and you put your foot on it to keep it in place oh take take the photo but make sure it's you know the the carpet's nice and hot from the sun catch foot <laughs> photo release catch foot photo catch release. foot photo release yeah that catch is, foot photo yeah. Yeah, that that was my attempt at a joke so <laughs> Andy goes fishing alone a lot because of those jokes. Yeah, and because no one can withstand <laughs> the, the the terrain that I put them through. That's true. <laughs> but hey, I want to hear from you guys. What 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 was your impression of musky zinc, or where did you guys think musky zinc um, fit into you know your orbit? You know, I I just you know being in my little corner up here, I didn't. There was a there was a point that. Um, when I started musky fishing, that I didn't really know there were clubs. I didn't know any of this. I, I was like self-taught. I thought once I kind of got the swing of things that 
I, I thought that like, hey, no one, no one's doing what I'm doing, you know, this and that, and then, you know, meeting up with Todd and stuff, and then I realized I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just some little slack jawed yokel hillbilly up here, <laughs> um, just you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing it my way, and, mm-hmm. and now, now that I'm, you know, I'm finding out about all this stuff, it just, you know, I'm not alone, so it's just, it's, it's really cool, you know, just opening my eyes to all this stuff. It's probably much easier now to, to figure this out, correct? You know, uh, than it was even when you started, Andy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you punch something into the computer, you're going to be able to find information on this stuff. But you know, wasn't all that long ago that that wasn't readily available. You know, right? I became right. a member. I, I became a member of uh, the Penn Ohio chapter. I was not involved. I just joined. When I found out about it, I was probably in college or maybe right before college, something like that. But, you know, I found out, it was like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, that's when someone showed me a magazine. I'm like, geez, there's a club about this. And meanwhile, I'd been doing it with my grandpa for all these years. And, you mm-hmm. know, everybody went to Canada. But, uh, you know, someone showed me a magazine. Like, this is unbelievable. You can get a magazine about musky fishing. You know, uh, I think Musky Hunter came around in the mid-80s. 89, uh, I think it was ladies yeah there you go so you know this was before that and so i joined that club and never really did anything and then when when they uh you know some people uh we were at a, a banquet one time at uh, the penn ohio club and they said hey we're going to start a club in pittsburgh would you be interested i said absolutely you know and that was probably 20 years ago yeah. that they started the three rivers so what was your entry point what 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 made you decide or what was your first you know, musky fishing experience. My first musky fishing experience? Yeah, I guess what, what triggered you I to mean, go musky fishing for the first time? Is because that's, I mean, that my I was going with my grandpa when I was like five years old, sitting there Got holding it. a worm, you know, while they were musky fishing. Because at one point I would be like, well, grandpa, you caught nothing, and I caught 18 perch, yeah. you know. But I was little, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I caught my first one in... You know, when I was about seven or eight years old, and then, you know, it just got me going there. But, you know, as far as the Muskie Zinc thing, like I said, as soon as I found out about it, there were some mm-hmm. guys from Elwood City that joined uh, the one club, and I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know there was something out there like that. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what made me and get excited about just getting a magazine about Muskie fishing. Yeah, and now, mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, I was kind of in Andy's, Andy's boat with it, uh, just kind of oblivious to uh clubs like that um and now i you know they're they're doing you know all the clubs are doing a great job uh with promotion uh and i mean it starts with social media i mean they all have little pages they all have facebook pages they all have instagram pages maybe even twitters you know they're all getting out there and and and, uh you know making it easy uh to get information right at your fingertips there which i think is is great you see all those chapters of pittsburgh chapters chapter 69 penn mm-hmm. jersey uh nittany nittany valley nittany valley uh nittany you know, valley, you know, yeah you know, it's just those are all new chapters those are all I new mean, chapters just formed they're doing we've got another one in syracuse that's opening up um chapter 70 Right outside of Syracuse, it's going to be opening up soon. That's awesome. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah so we've got that, know, you, that chapter. There's remember, a chapter in mid-Iowa, the, the, and then, like I said, the, the Virginia chapter. So we've got three new chapters. So, you know, all fully staffed. Young guys are they're gung-ho. Yeah. Now, to kind of answer answer your question about, like, the, the, the first thing of muskie fishing, mm-hmm. um, mine was... I'll, I'll take the I'll take the roundabout to it. Uh, back when Gander Mountain was a thing, this would have been middle two thousands. Uh, my wife worked there as like some administrative whatever at at a local store, and they wanted her to go to training in St. Paul, Minneapolis. And I said, "Well, you're not going alone." At the time we were dating, I said, "I'm going to come up with you." Just so happens that In Fisherman did an article in their one magazine. And I still remember it. I, I've talked about this on the show, but you guys get to hear it twice. Um, yeah. It was called Project World Record, and it talked about Malax. And this was the years that Malax was dumping out giants nonstop. Right. And um, you know, I saw the baits in the in the photos, and I still I, I I when I moved last year, I found that magazine. I don't know where it is again, but I I ended up you know getting a guide on Malax. Like, I don't want to say it was a last-minute thing, but I didn't know anybody from anybody. And I ended up getting a guy. He he was he seemed decent. I don't think he's guiding anymore. But, you know, I was out there just doing what he told me to do, and I was going to do it all day long. And, you know, halfway through the day, I got a, you know, a mid-40 or something like that, low to mid-40. We didn't measure it or nothing. But I got cut really bad on its teeth and all that crap. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that part of that story. Yeah, like, you know, oh, yeah. you know so, you know, you know, Why did you try to lift him? Well, no. What happened was, like, you know, he he's up front. I'm in the back just casting, you know, a double ten. It was a silly girl. And so it had the uh, rubber the rubber skirts. It was black, black and nickel, nickel blades. And we were working, I think it's called, like, Sunset Bay or something on Mille Lacs. And we were in, like, the most beautiful weed bed I've ever seen. It's about 9, 10 feet deep. The weeds were coming up to, like, 2 or 3 feet from the surface, crystal clear. Well, and I just remember, you know, just all day long, you know, but we had like every kind of weather pattern that day from like cold and blowy to dead still Africa hot. And we didn't get any rain, but I just remember bringing it in and I see all these perch start like boiling at the surface, like coming up and I'm like, hey, you see all this? And he, he like, I looked at him when I was reeling and he pointed to the water and this fish came up and just ate at the side of the boat. <laughs> and so, you know, he scoops it up immediately and he's like, okay, you want a photo and stuff? I'm like, yeah. So. I reach down and I, 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 you know, this is my first muskie. So I, I, you know, I get him, get him in the jaw and I start picking him up. And he's like, just be careful. That fish isn't legal. Well, the fish starts flipping out. So your first instinct is, well, I'm not going to kill this fish. So you wrap your thumb in its mouth and you squeeze down. And the, the, it just ripped my thumb to pieces. Well, that's your first... <laughs> If the fish wiggles, stick your no, hand the, 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 it completely. Well, no, I, I was. It was. It was like three quarters of the way out of the water, <laughs> and the fish. You know, the fish was just going. It wasn't like it wiggled a little. It was. It, like, I'm getting out jumped, of here, yeah. and yeah, it was going bananas. And I said, I'm getting this photo. <laughs> so I just remember, like, you know, putting my my just gripping down, and I could just feel that tooth go right into my thumb. Oh my! But I'm just like, that's okay. a horrible feeling. That is a terrible feeling. But I, you know, I, I smiled in the photos and stuff, and then you know afterwards, I smiled in the photos. Yeah, I, I let the fish go. 
And I, 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 I politely said, do you have a first aid kit as I'm bleeding all over me? Yeah. So. Oh, I, I've heard that numerous times. Vance will just send me a picture about, uh, it'll just send up like his hand and it's all bloody and stuff. He's like, yeah, we had a good day. I said, yeah, it was a good day, Vance. How about that disgusting <laughs> shirt I sent you that one time? I, I, I stumbled along that picture. Remember that thing? It looked like a, it was like from... The movie Halloween. There was so much blood all over. You remember? I that? thought it was Private <laughs> Pals. Oh my god! This shirt, yeah, yeah. It was a good day. It was just this bloodied shirt. Yeah, yeah. Good day. <laughs> so that was my first muskie. I, I, you know, I knew that story, Andy. I knew that was your first muskie, but I didn't know that's like the first time you tried. I thought you were already like doing it. No, I, I was. You know, I, I guess. That was my first muskie. That was my first real attempt. You know, I see a lot of people, like, you see them at the boat launch, and, like, what are you fishing for? And they're like, bass, muskie, perch. And you're like, okay, well, you're going fishing. You're not muskie fishing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was my first, like, real attempt at it. Muskie, yeah. And it had oh. an Abu Garcia 7000. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the reel to have back then. Oh, my. Uh-huh. What color was that? Was it I, silver or red? I think it was silver. And yeah, they had like a maroon one. Yeah. Yes, do you remember that? Oh yeah, I had this. I had one of those. That <laughs> was terrible. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Yeah. Uh, it had a clicker, so we could troll with it too. Yes, That's why we had yes, it. that was huge. <laughs> that was huge. It had a clicker. No, no counter, but it had a clicker. No, yeah, yeah. That wasn't very loud. No, 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 no. You had to make sure it wasn't real windy or. <laughs> or the motor wasn't running. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hear it, yeah. So good stuff, man. Perfect. All right, Jim. What uh you know, we're gonna wrap this up here. Is there anything else you want to talk about Musky Zinc? No, that's just encourage everybody to, you know, look out look, look for their uh, local chapter of, of Musky Zinc and get involved. You know, join Musky Zinc. Um you know, for reasons we discussed and, and appreciate you guys you know, coming forward and being a part of of a of, a, of the plan to you know promote Muskie Zinc, so I think it's going to help us a lot. Well, we we hope we're going to do our best. So, great. That's um, great. Check it out. Check out your local chapters. Get involved. They're on social media. Uh, very easy. All the information just to, at your fingertips there. And uh, yeah, the website's muskiezinc.org. And there's a Facebook page as well. You can send in questions or queries, and uh, they'll be answered. Perfect. And, uh, Great. All right. So then uh, this show is also brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products, fattyzmuskie.com on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, uh, Vicks Marina and Ranger Boats. Check them out. And St. Croix Rods, Best on Earth. And be sure to swing by. The Musky Max Show, March 10th and 11th. We're going to be there, and um, just a really great local show. So be sure to check them out as well. I think I hit all the plugs, didn't I? You did good. Okay, I try. The Golden Pipes. Golden Pipes. Golden Pipes. <laughs> Poor guy. All right, so until next time, guys, You know, uh, good luck fishing or just stay warm. Thanks for listening.